Hello And welcome to It's a Wrap Simon and Wayne's Spiffing Movie Review I'm Wayne Bolt And I'm Matt Bellamy from Muse Simon's not here this week so we got a Simon Jones impersonator in We're here to talk to you about some of the interesting movie things we've seen in cinemas and on the internet Yes, we will be reviewing later on Gamer Which, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend waiting to listen to our review. Yes, indeed. Uh, We'll also be having some movie news where Simon and myself will be giving you some of our insights into what we've picked up from the exciting world of the cinema. Yes, but starting out, we will be looking at the trailer park, which is where we pick the newest five trailers on the Apple trailer website. However, we're actually going to do it slightly differently this week because we've had some requests So starting off, we're going to look at the Legion trailer. Yes, so it looks to me like Legion, it's Armageddon come to Earth again. Yes. With crazy old ladies, Paul Bettany and a child saviour. Yeah, and it's all angels and gods and plagues and all that kind of stuff. It looks a little bit like uh, Pan's Labyrinth in terms of the monsters. And it actually does have Doug Jones, who's... Guillermo del Toro's Monster Man. Oh, right, he's, okay. He's in it, apparently. Uh, it's like that, mixed with a bit of the Matrix, had a lot of Matrixy kind of, aren't we cool, we've got loads of guns kind of stuff going on. Yep. Uh, and also The Prophecy, which is, I think, an early 90s kind of really low-budget film. Quite dark. Yeah, to do with similar kind of concepts, with Christopher Walken being creepy as usual. Uh, Viggo Mortensen shows up as the devil. That's obviously before anyone knew who he was. Um, and Legion looks a little bit like The Prophecy, made with a budget. Mm. A, a big budget, that is. Unlike Prophecy, which seemed to have a very, very small budget. Um, well, from the trailer, it immediately grabbed my attention because it's got a Drag Me to Hell-style old woman battle. And more films should have these. Yeah, more old ladies should be used in the cinema, especially in high-risk combat situations. Yes, I'm not talking like old woman crossing the street gets like run over or going home from the shops and gets mugged. and you know, That'd be rubbish. But it's old women who, nevertheless, can actually put them, you know, Go toe to toe with superheroes, and it's just so anyway. Sub genre, yeah. Uh, looks thumbs cool. up, yeah. Looks yep. mental, excellent. But thumbs up. And you may remember from last episode, we introduced you to our way of rating these trailers: uh, the, yes. the Gertie system of using smiley face, ambivalent face, or sad face, based on the robot from one of our favourite movies of this year so far, Moon. So for me, I give that a smiley face. Yes, smiley face. I apologise for saying thumbs up earlier. That was the wrong scale. So, yes, the next request for a trailer review is Surrogates, the new, well, forthcoming film with Bruce Willis, who we haven't seen for a while. He was in Die Hard, but he's been fairly quiet the last yeah, few years. I think he's been growing his hair, especially ah, for the film. Bob yes. Looks, but, and what a set of hair he's got Amazing. on him this time. Yeah, Amazing. I wonder yes. where it came from. Uh, it's got the usual Bruce Willis helicopter-based action in it. Yep, yeah, although the, the helicopter-based action looked like particularly unique because as the helicopter inevitably crashed it actually looked like Bruce Willis got catapulted out of the door I don't know if you spotted that no yeah it looks brilliant cool yeah, well I can't wait to see it on the big screen exactly. and I'll keep an eye out for Bruce being ejected from the helicopter yes at the start of the trailer it's got all this kind of overlay sort of gaming style avatar references which having seen Gamer yesterday concerned me a little bit at first but mm. um, bit, the trailer soon seemed to go off in its own time but there again it seems to be a theme of movies this year mm. um, we got um, Avatar which is also a similar kind yep. of yep. concept isn't it yeah it seems to be an obsession with going into other people's bodies and, yep. yeah curious yeah. And I wonder why not that necessarily is. in a good way okay no, so yeah I think that looks way. cool and I'll give that a smiley face gear yeah smiley face looking forward to that one um, now we move on to the first of the random uh, yes. trailers we, we picked today. This could be anything. Yeah. And it's The Vampire's Assistant. Hmm. Not which, heard of this one. No. 
Uh, from looking at the trailer, it looks like high school whiny wah wah wah. Me, oh, me, let's me, go me, to a freaky yeah. circus and then I'll become a vampire. Because and it's it, better than my poor pathetic life. Emo. Yeah. Um, uh, Twilight, yet somehow fluffier. Yeah, I, I was thinking it looks a bit like um, if you made the flip side of Buffy. So as opposed yeah. to going to school, becoming a slayer, going to like a high school, college, or however they um, uh, rate it over there, and um, becoming a rather sad emo vampire. Yeah. I have to say, although at the start it looked like awful, um, the trailer did grow on me a little bit because uh, it started to feel towards the end a little bit like the old Universal Monster movies from like, you know, early 20th century stuff and it had some of the iconography and feel of that so mm. that kind of you know it's got potential in that regard so we'll see yep um, I'll, I'll give that an, an ambivalent face yeah ambivalent probably not going to be great but could be amusing depending what take they go yep and then moving from teen angsty based horror we go to the house of the devil house of the devil which uh, the trailer looks like it's house horror eclipse babysitting death ah! And the trailer itself does proclaim that the movie is creepy as hell. Yeah, and hell is pretty damn creepy. Creepy, indeed. Um, Not much more to say about that. I give it an ambivalent face. Yeah, ambivalent face for the film, sad face for the trailer. I thought the trailer was awful. You Mm. couldn't really tell what the hell was going on. I don't know if I'm excited about the film or bored by the film. Um, The the trailer did have kind of an old school feel, so I like that. Yeah, yeah. cool. Finally, in the trailer park, we have Couples Retreat. Mm. where Vince Vaughn Vince Vaughn and co go on holiday at what looks to be Stalag Relaxation where you have Commandant Peter Serafina Winowitz uh, as you may know as the voice of Darth Maul at last we will have our revenge that was quite good it was well not bad thanks Peter um, where we got a number of couples going off to rediscover their Bada bing and try and get a bit of zing and zoo and wow back in their relationship, which <laughs> yes. has become quite stale. What's curious is uh, John Favreau's in it, uh, which, and given it's all about couples and you know relationships, it inevitably made it feel a little bit like Swingers twenty years later. Maybe it's not twenty years. I might have just done them a really bad disservice there. But anyway, uh, Swingers, the next generation kind of thing. Um, it, it was amusing in some places, but looked like your standard Vince Vaughn movie, really. Yeah. Uh, probably be quite fun to rent what Vince Vaughn would be quite fun to rent yep and the film might be good too oh, oh there you go um, I've given that an ambivalent face I'll probably watch it if it comes on ITV too yeah yeah ambivalent face mm. so um, that's the end of the trailer park yes. so of all those five which would be your preferred one to go see um, of that lot probably surrogates I think because it looks like good sci-fi ideas done effectively unlike a lot of the films this year where they've had good sci-fi ideas done in a really mm. crap way so. I, I quite like the look of Legion so two mm. good films out it's quite good for the yeah. trailer park I think, I think Surrogates looks like it will be good Legion looks like it could be good but it could also be a total mess that's my verdict and we've seen a few total messes of movies this yes, year already yes but let's, let's not spoil our, <laughs> our verdict yet uh, so yes moving on to movie news so what you, what's caught your eye this week, Wayne? Well, sort of keeping with the horror-based theme, which we appear to have stumbled across, mm-hmm. um, I've noticed that Sam Raimi, one of our favourites here on It's a Wrap. Indeed. Don't forget to uh, check out our special bonus episode review of Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, he's uh, he's in line to produce a new Yeti-based horror film called a, Refuge. A new Yeti-based horror uh, film? Yeah, a new one, yeah. Are there lots uh, of them? There's quite a lot. It's just very yeah. hard to find. It's a very Niche. sub-genre kind yeah. of... Um, 
um, movie. Um, yeah, but it looks like it's a small town in the Himalayas comes under attack from <laughs> its local abominable snowman. Uh, it's going to be uh, directed by the up-and-coming British director Corin Hardy. Ah, uh, him. Yeah, who's mostly famous for his music videos. Um, right. But, you know, a Sam Raimi involvement in a horror film. Drag Me to Hell was really good this year. Hopefully some of his horror-based shtick will rub off on Corin. Corin. Corin? Corin. Corin. Ah, yeah. Yes, yeah. let's hope he rubs off on Corin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, continuing the horror theme, uh, The Fly is getting a remake. Now, initially that sounds like the worst news ever because The Fly is a classic. We're talking about the Cronenberg, The Fly, yeah. obviously, uh, which is an amazing film. Um, but what's slightly confusing is that apparently the remake is going to be by David Cronenberg. They're not remakes anymore, they're reboots now. Are they? Not reimaginings either? No, no, it's reboots. Because oh, right. reimaginings was like the sort of late 90s, early 2000s. Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, right. But yeah, David Cronenberg remaking uh, one of his best films. Which is kind of curious. Apparently, it's because technology's moved forward, so you can do new stuff with it, which maybe is fair enough. But is there anything left that the original film didn't do really well? What the original Cronenberg or the original one with Vincent Price? No, the Cronenberg one. Oh. Sorry, yeah, I've not yeah, seen I've, the Vincent Price one. I've not. No. Oh, it's really good. It's not got the obviously not got the nineteen eighties uh, level of effects, but yeah, or I mean, Jeff Goldblum. No, or Jeff Goldblum. Um, I, I think actually the film's slightly better. Really? It's slightly creepier at the end because it doesn't. It hasn't got the horrific makeup and special effects. Yeah. It's more horrific just based on the, the story. The idea, yeah. Help me. <laughs> um, well, keeping on the uh, reboot-based theme, as we seem to have moved on to after um, the horror-based one, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure about this. Summit Entertainment are preparing a new kind of magic. Yes, they're going to be rebooting Highlander. <laughs> Yes. Uh, it's going to be directed by Justin Lin of Fast and Furious and Finishing the Game fame. Now, Highlander, that should have stopped at Highlander. Yeah. The Highlander movie is, is brilliant. It's one of the Everything best films out there. Everything that's bad. Yeah. Yes. So, what's going to happen with that one? I've yeah. watched his space, do you I know suppose. What? I only saw Highlander for the first time last year. Really? Yeah. And what do you yeah. think of it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's it got, me made... com- got me completely obsessed with Queen yeah. for about two months. Yeah. Ah, I imagine it did to everyone else, but back in the 80s. Look, back in the 80s, we were already obsessed by Queen. Oh, mostly really? because, yeah, Flash Gordon, the movie, came out ah, in the early 80s, so uh, that got a lot of people obsessed into it there. Yeah. And then but of course, Hi- Highlander gets the balance of campness and proper film, whereas Flash Gordon was just camp craziness. But really cool camp craziness, yeah, nonetheless. Yeah, it's great, but yeah. So yeah, cool. uh, yeah, curious one really. Not sure it's really needed. They could no. redo the uh, sequel maybe and get it right. No, That's no, no. <laughs> not doing the sequel is getting it right. Right. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, I've still not seen it all the way through. I went to. I remember I went to the UEA Cinema Club. Uh, to, UEA being the local university. Yes, both University of Anglia in Norwich. Here, um, I went into Lecture Theatre One where they showed the movies. Watching Highlander Two, got about half an hour into it and thought. Got better things to do in my life. Yep, yeah, like not watching this. <laughs> yes, I was about to swear, but I, I sort of do try to keep remembering that we didn't list ourselves as explicit no, on, on we've, iTunes, we've so we've got to keep our language. Yeah, we've cool. got to be polite, haven't we? Yeah, let's get in practice of staying polite and yes, not exactly. swearing for in a few minutes. Yeah, time. talking of which, uh, Ghost Rider Two. I have to stay calm while talking about this because Ghost Rider One is an absolutely atrocious film. Uh, possibly because of Nicolas Cage, he certainly doesn't help it. But generally, if you put Nicolas Cage in your film and it's not the early 90s anymore, it's going to be awful. That's just a rule, really. Why would you, why would you put Nicolas Cage in a film? 
some yeah. sort of yeah presumably well perhaps maybe there's maybe there's some law that you have to give him a cut him some slack because otherwise he'd just you know have no career but it's, mm. it, he must be making money still somehow from ratings or punters or something but it's awful yep uh, very funny unintentionally but he's awful so not looking forward to that um, the other bit of news uh, which is slightly executive and corporate um, someone high up at Disney who's been in charge of the movie department of Disney uh, called Dick Cook has been Cook fired at Dick Cook okay yes um, so obviously when he fills out forms and stuff he, if he puts his son in first it's Cook Dick but anyway mm. um, he's been fired and he's the guy who's been responsible for talking with people like Spielberg and Tim Burton and Jay Bruckheimer. He's like got the parts of the Caribbean movies on the go and all this kind of stuff. All of a sudden, the top bod at Disney has fired him, and no one's quite sure what's going on. And uh, Johnny Depp's now saying I might not do parts of Caribbean Four, which they shouldn't do anyway. But he's saying I might pull out of it because this guy is the guy that trusted me with my performance in the first one. Blah blah blah. And uh, apparently, an insider was quoted as saying that apparently Steven Spielberg's really upset because Stephen worships Dick, and he's really upset that he's not there anymore. Because uh, he helped him into the industry at the start, so yeah. Lovely, thank you for sharing that with us. That's all right. Um, I've got one last bit of movie news for me. Uh, not so much to do with films coming out at the cinema, but a film which has been out at the cinema mm. uh, earlier this year. Um, Warner Brothers have announced what's going to be on the Ultimate Cut Watchmen. Yes, very um, exciting. Yes. Uh, now, if you missed Watchmen earlier in the year, was it earlier this year? It was, was last yes. year. Yeah, no, no, it was the first sort of big film of the year. Yeah. Um, very good film. Uh, personally, I thought it was 95% of being really awesome. Um, yeah. I know Simon yeah. um, thought it was 100% awesome. Well, mm, 99? Uh, yeah, it's in the 90s. Mm. <laughs> um, it's, it's one of those films where you look at any individual scene, except perhaps the, the last couple, uh, and they're amazing, but it maybe didn't string together as well as it could have mm. because it was so they had to get so much plot in it yeah. it had no time to breathe which is why this ultimate cut is really exciting yeah. because yes it's going to be about 10 hours long but it might give it the breathing room that it kind of deserves because I always think that Watchmen probably would have worked better as a kind of TV graphic novel uh, yeah graphic novel would be really good if they did that yeah. actually yeah. but also TV miniseries um, if it was like an HBO miniseries so they have like you know 6 hours or whatever to go through it that would have been ideal but you know, it's a film instead, and I think they did a bloody good job with it. Yeah, so. and the exciting news to actual fans of the graphic novel who are very much into uh, into the Watchmen is uh, they're going to do a new director's cut of the film, and they're going to interweave the Tales of the Black Freighter mm. uh, into the cut of the film as well. Yes. That's something which worked really well in the movie. Uh, no, in the graphic novel, so hopefully it will work really well in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So, And, of course, Joe Butler does the voice of the uh, main guy in Black Freighter. And Joe Butler is in our movie review this week. Which is coming up almost now. Unless you've got any more news, Simon. No, I think that'll do. I'm, I'm keen to get on to Gamer. Yes, Gamer. Uh, not to be confused with the amusing and quite fun to watch Gamers, or its sequel, Gamers 2, Darkness Rising. Uh, both of which are small independent films uh, where they're taking a, a fun look at a gaming institution. Um, however, that's Gamers. I recommend you go watch that one. Gamers, not Gamer. Yeah. Gamer is what we're coming on to now. Gamer is set a few years in the future from this exact moment. I'm not quite sure why it was... Yeah, uh, they're, they're so, very precise on that one. Yeah. Where computer gaming has evolved so that instead of controlling virtual avatars, i.e. like Sims or footballers in FIFA, uh, whatever version they're doing, or like being... Second Life was, I think, a big inspiration for the yeah. film. Yeah. Uh, as were like various first-person shooters like Doom yeah. or Quake yeah, or that sort of... Call of Duty and that. Yeah. So as opposed to just playing a virtual 
computer-created avatar. Uh, it's a very popular thing at the minute. Uh, they now have the ability to control other people who have been put into a game-world setting. Um, this has been developed through the use of some sort of nanite technology they came Ooh. up with, which has been developed by well, the bad guy, essentially, it, called yeah. Ken Castle, who's played by Michael C. Hall, who I believe is famous for some American TV shows, which yeah, are the sort of things about. I wouldn't really watch. Yeah. Um, the film itself concentrates on two sort of games, the first of which being Slayers, where the combat- combatants are in a massive shoot 'em up uh, where they actually shoot each other and people die and there's blood and then there's like feet and things going everywhere. Uh, the combatants are prisoners who are on death row who are promised a release uh, if they can survive 30 games. Um, they survive 30 games by getting to a save point. Uh, the second game, uh, which is called Society, is based, as Simon says, on Second Life, uh, which is you basically take control of someone else and act out your everyday life uh, through somebody else, which is uh, always a bit weird. Although I have played Sims, um, uh, but I didn't play it for much. Anyway, the uh, <coughs> hero uh, is a chap called Cable, uh, who's played by Gerald Butler. Cable. Who has been wrongly convicted of murder. And murder? Murder, yeah. And thanks to his expert player, called Simon, who's played by Logan Lerman, uh, he's been managed uh, through quite successfully through 27 games, and he has three left to go until he's allowed to uh, leave the uh, jail sentence he's in. Yes, can he survive? Well, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Cable has a wife called Angie, who has basically whored herself to the society game because uh, she can't get a job, yada, 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 blah, 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 which is pretty much the plot. Oh, yes. and Cable and Angie have a daughter who's been adopted by the evil guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Lots of stuff explodes. Cable yeah. escapes, kills the evil guy, reunites the, reunites the family. Whoopie doo. Yeah. Right. So, I think it's important here, before we... Uh, go on uh, to give out our thoughts in the movie just to say uh, both Simon and myself are fans of computer games yeah I think we have slightly different tastes in computer games mm-hmm. we're all very much into the kind of party game type yeah. stuff would you say yeah um, oh, I quite like the sport some of the shooters and yeah, stuff like that yeah and I'm very much uh, interested in the kind of narrative side and storytelling and games and how they're mm. sort of exploring that side of stuff uh, dabbled a little bit in massive multiplayer stuff um so played a few of these social games. Never played Second Life because it seemed like the most pointless waste of time. Mm. Even when you're talking about gaming and social gaming, it, it seemed like a waste of time even in that context. So, uh, yeah, never yeah. bothered with that. Uh, the film was directed by, uh, well, directed and written by Mark Neveldean and Brian Taylor, or Neveldean Stroke Taylor, yeah, as they like to call themselves. Yeah, in the credits. That yeah, was kind of who awesome. were responsible for the film Crank and Crank High Voltage. Were now, they? I'll also point out here, hmm. I quite like Crank. Yeah, it I, was quite fun to watch. I admit I've not seen them, but I would quite like to because they sound good fun. Yes. Yeah. So, gamers, where shall we begin? Well, the way I like to sum up the film is that it's a bit like watching a Michael Bay film without the subtlety. Or the professionalism in the camera work. Yeah. See, we were maybe a bit harsh on Transformers 2 when that came out. Um... Gamer is the kind of film that makes you reevaluate your previous thoughts on other films. Because Transformers 2, obviously, I had a lot of problems with it and it had a lot of flaws, but there's a lot in it that is clearly very, very good. You know, there's a lot of really skilled filmmaking in there. And then there's Gamer, which 
doesn't have that saving grace. It's just atrocious in every single way. Its cinematic style was shaky close-up handheld film by a yeah. five-year-old. I've, I've never watched a film where almost the entire film is in panic over. We just had a slight technical glitch here. <laughs> the podcast machine nearly exploded, but it's all good. Anyway, um, yes, I've never seen a film where the, almost the entire thing is filmed in extreme close-up. Mm. Uh, which, which is really weird. It's kind of that's the, that's the kind of thing you expect to see in TV because TV you've got this little screen at the end of your room and you tend to have a lot of close-ups if you watch soap operas, blah blah blah. Uh, in cinema, you don't normally have extreme close-ups because when that's blown up onto a giant cinema screen, it's a bit weird because uh, you just get people's noses in your face for like two hours. But this the whole film is shot like that. Yeah, and I think they crafted every scene and every shot so carefully to make it be an assault on your visual senses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just really hard to watch. Um, it just you just couldn't take it in it's ah, two in your face yeah and if the visuals weren't doing that the sound was doing it for it uh, the sound was was so incredibly overbearing and noisy and and uh, didn't have any kind of you know, slow points I suppose it never paused to give you some kind of uh, comparison or juxtaposition in terms of what was going on it was just shouting at you constantly for two hours and, and then it minutes. stopped uh, 90 minutes that thankfully was, that was a good thing about the film actually it was very short um but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound like uh, kind of old fuddy-duddy, but yeah, the shaky camera work and the really loud noises really didn't work in this film. Um, and it's not that I dislike that style of filmmaking, because it can work if it's done well, like in District 9, where you've got, you know, that, that similar style of kind of handheld, in-your-face, really raw kind of stuff. Uh, but Gamer had such a lack of restraint in the way it used it that it, it felt like being just battered over the head for yeah. two hours. Well, I got the impression that they were trying this shaky camera work... Um, basically because they're a bit lazy and couldn't be bothered to give the viewer enough time to concentrate on some of the detail to see what was going on. It was like, oh, the suggestion of something's happened over here, we're going to fire something over here, something's going to happen here, we're going to cut over there, cut over there, and you don't actually get time to take in what's going on. I think it's just, it's almost lazy. They're trying to be cool, but they're just not. Yeah, the action is trying to feel hardcore, but if you actually look at what they're doing and the way they've edited it, you very rarely see anything. Occasionally they'll cut to a head exploding, but generally, in whether it's the firefights or the fistfights, you very rarely actually see anything connecting or any kind of context between like who's fighting mm. who. You just see a flail, a flail of limbs yep. and movement and a really harsh punching sound. Yep. Uh, so, and then, yeah, then they cut to a shot of everyone on the floor. So I think we've agreed that we're not big fans of the cinemagraphic style of it all. No. Is that no. Another, one of my new words in the podcast? Yeah. Cinemagraphic. Cinemagraphic, yeah, Excellent. that'll do. That'll do. Right, so, um, the plot, Simon. Yeah, well... What a, was it? A mess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the story and the ideas and the concept is actually quite interesting. Yeah. Um, exploring where avatars in general and social gaming and that kind of stuff is going to go is an interesting topic and I think David Fincher's exploring social networking and in one of his new films that could be good because it's David Fincher and he's an intelligent man who understands how to explore a topic but in this the messages were so mixed it, it was he didn't know what the film was trying to say because it seemed to be incredibly critical of gaming in general which was the target audience surely the yeah, sort of surely. people are going to go see that exactly. are going to be gamers so you think that's going to be the target audience and yet one of the supposed uh, gamers in, in the film is this giant uh, fat guy who can't move because he's so fat he has to go around this little wheelchair thing and just to put it into context imagine Jabba the Hutt having a teenage son yeah there you yeah, go exactly uh, and every time you see him he's eating and his, his face is covered in grease and this kind of thing he's completely naked the whole film just in case you hadn't noticed he was fat yeah and uh, he's doing that thing where in the uh, was it society game he's playing uh, a hot foxy chick 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's obviously that whole uh, fat, lonely, sad gamer lives out his fantasies by playing a hot chick. Yeah, and uh, it's just offensive, to be honest. I don't, like you say, the, the film seems to be a natural fit for, for gamers to go and watch, and yet they're so stereotypical in the way they present gamers, it's, it's really, really odd. Um, and I always wonder, with roles like that, how do they cast that? So they put out a casting call going, we want a really fat guy, kind of ugly, uh, we're going to take the piss out of your weight, make you look really unpleasant. Yeah. And, you know, why do people go for those roles? Anyway, um, so yeah, it's got all these stereotypes it's throwing around. It shows social gaming in the worst context possible, the the society game, which is kind of like Second Life, but all you ever see is like the debauched depravity of it. You don't see any positive side to it at no. all. It's just all horrible. Uh, horrible people doing horrible things. And obviously the, the combat side is... is well, is you know horrible as well because you've got these people just killing each other for for supposedly the whole world's entertainment, and yet while the whole time through the film it's kind of criticising this and saying it's horrible, the film loves it. It's so voyeuristic. It's like, oh, look at this person getting their brains blown up. Oh, look at this foot exploding. Oh, look at this person about to rape this girl. Yeah. Or even just look at these girls not wearing much. Look, yeah. It's like some gratuitous nipples. Here's some breasts. Oh, but even that they managed to make it not particularly exciting. Or yeah. It's, it's just, you watch a film where there's this sort of titillation in it and you're sort of thinking, well, yeah, because... Yeah, but the context was so sort of unpleasant and seedy yeah. that you felt like you didn't want to be seen watching it almost. You yeah. Know? It, it, it is very, very strange. Yeah. And so it kind of simultaneously criticised it and said, isn't this terrible? And then at the same time it was like, but let's look at some tits. Yeah. And that really didn't work you can't juxtapose those two things and get away with it no uh, the film not, not know, the filmmakers didn't know what they thought yeah. about their own topic distasteful I think is the word yeah indeed um, oh, another one of the things which really made me angry about the plot was the fact that um, as you said earlier on it's a really good premise for, for a film of um, which uh, is a good premise for a film because there's been other films out there which have done it already yeah, and Running so Man good, yeah, for Running example, Man which is exactly the same absolutely yeah. awesome film uh, I'd rather watch that yeah. um, many times yeah. over than watch uh, this again exactly. but there's a good story there in there somewhere it's just not in this film yeah and every element was fumbled it's quite quite yeah. angry like, the dialogue uh, was absolutely uh, awful yeah. uh, the, the, opening, of, the opening scene which we can't go into too much because it's just mainly swearing but it's, it's very odd you get these three characters who are you know kind of uh, what would you say mid 30s early 40s type TV executives discussing their yeah. TV programme uh, yeah, Q was in it well yes. John Delancey anyway Yeah, uh, uh, I was hoping he's going to be in it a bit more to have that bit of gravity to it yeah, which is what happened to a lot of the characters who are in it yeah lots um, of plot threads that appear and then disappear and just yeah. dropped with no apparent reason but yeah, yeah the, the opening scene the dialogue was just horrible because these people walk in swearing their heads off but not in uh, like the not wire. In a good way. Not in a Tarantino kind of amusing way. Not in uh, a convincing manner where you believe that that's how these people would speak. The actors looked uncomfortable saying it. It's like um, I don't know. It's like hearing your teacher swearing or like your parents swearing or something, mm. and, tr- and thinking it's cool. It basically, the whole script and the way the film was put together felt like a teenager trying to write like a mature adult and thinking that swearing lots is the way to be an adult. Um, which is no offence to all you intelligent teenagers out there. All intelligent adults. Yes, exactly. But uh, it was just painful to watch in this. Um, the characterization and the character development was also non-existent or just blatantly naff. Or the, really strange. The, the, like the bad guy's oh, characterization. I can't get my head around that. No, still. I'm not sure what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
they were trying to make him like an evil Bill Gates. Yeah. Um, whereas everyone knows Bill Gates, millionaire, billionaire, or whatever he is now, he's given a lot of his money away. He's actually quite a generous philanthropist. Mm-hmm. And um, even though everyone in the computer world thinks he's evil, I hate to say it, but I think he's actually not a bad bloke. Yeah, does a lot of charity yeah. work. Yeah, he does indeed. But yeah, the bad guy in this, they seem to be trying to make him creepy in a weird way, a bit like the Joker mm. in Batman Dark Knight. Uh, you know, Heath Ledger did that kind of slightly camp creepiness where you got the balance absolutely right. There's this guy, I don't know if it is acting or the directing or the script, all three, I think, uh, it was laughable at best and just utterly perplexing at worst. Yeah, and there's this whole scene where there was a song and dance number yes, turned up. no um, precedent in the film. No, all. and I think it was just there because the directors obviously thought it would look, wouldn't it look cool? Yeah, if this set my, would be good if we did this. If my nanite controlled... Um, thugs do a some sort of song and dance number and beat up Gerald Butler as going along doing it yeah. and odd. given how sort of macho the rest of the film is trying to be it was yeah. a really bizarre little departure for it it really was one of those dropping your hand in you know, dropping your head in your hand moments yes like slapping your forehead yeah as such huh. well good points um, actors I thought the actors did alright job other than the bad guy who was just yep. irritating but I thought the actors did an alright job with absolutely atrocious material um, Gerard Butler was a convincing action hero I'd like to see him do a good action movie one day um, 300 was alright but a bit too stylized. Um, he deserves a lot better um, again John Luguizamo I'm not sure how you say yeah. his name what was he doing in it he's a brilliant actor he shouldn't be in this um, uh, Alison Lohman who we just talked about a few episodes back uh, for the Drag Me to Hell review. Uh, she's brilliant in that. Really, really good. Um, she shows up in this. Well, actually, she's all right in the film. But why is she in it? Um, paycheck. But, it's got to be. Yeah. It's, it's got to be a but paycheck movie. the absolute worst thing, right? Uh, Milo Ventimiglia, I think his name is, who plays Peter Petrelli in Heroes. Um, quite like him in that. He's fun. He's a fun character. Uh, enjoyed watching him he shows up in this as, as Ronnie the Rapist or something yes, like that something like that Ronnie the Rapist ho, ho, ho. Uh, maybe they're trying to be edgy but again it just comes across mm. as a bit offensive and unpleasant um, and his his performance is completely mad and really disturbing and it's the kind of performance that could end a career I think mm, because not, it's got a lot of so strange um, so I think the main thing that people can bring away from this film is that all of these actors need to fire their agents absolutely immediately because they're clearly doing something really wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, a, a, a good point for me with the film was the fact it was rated 18. Mm-hmm. Now, why I say this is good is because it's lucky because it keeps more people away from seeing this film. Yes, yeah, it minimises the number of people that can be. Oh, if only they could have raised it to 80. It. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, I think what what amazed me is it actually forced me to recalibrate my scale of badness, okay? Because, like I was saying, you know, we gave Transformers 2 a bad review, but compared to this, Transformers 2 is a masterpiece. Yeah, it's I amazing. hate to say it, but yeah. halfway during that film, I was sitting there thinking, which I, I was, wish watching, I Transformers was watching Transformers 2. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my, my previous least favourite film was Triple X, I think. Really thought that was terrible. Um, I like Vin Diesel. Um, I like the stuff he'd done before, Pitch Black and Fast and the Furious, and I thought, oh, Triple X, that'd be good fun, uh, but it was terrible. Um, however, Gamer has dethroned Triple X as my worst film I've ever seen, and yeah, that's that's what I think of it. But the thing with it, yes, it is probably one of the worst films uh, I've ever seen, but I, I like quite a lot of bad movies, mm. um, and sometimes movies can be so bad, they can actually be quite fun. Quite as a, yeah, yeah, as a sort of... Uh, 
yeah, you just watch it just to the uh, ludicrosity of it. It's another <laughs> yes, new word yes. I made up for, for this. And this um, is a really good point. Yeah, like because Dungeons and Dragons, the movie, really bad, but actually it's quite watchable uh, because it's funny. Um, not intentionally funny, but you sort of watch it and you just go along for the ride. Yeah. Um, there are many other films like from the uh, Plan Line from Out of Space, for example. Yeah. Another atrocious film. But you still go along for the ride because it's that bad and it's that camp. And I mean, is that what it is? If, if a bad film is camp, it it's a bit funny. Yeah, because it, it gets right. a bit silly. But I think that's, this is something we really need to stress to anyone that's listening to this. Okay, If you're listening to this and thinking, oh, this sounds awesome, it sounds like a really terrible film, that'd be really funny to go and watch. No, it isn't. It is not funny in any way. Do not go see it. We're trying to save you here. It's okay? one of those films where you're in the cinema and you start thinking, I wonder how many lights there are in the ceiling of the cinema. Oh, and I wonder how many ceiling tiles there are. And yeah. you start counting them. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that's a nice texture on the seat that I'm sitting yeah. on, and this kind of stuff. And, you know, if you're listening to us and you're thinking, oh, I can't be that bad, and, you know, I've listened to their reviews, so I've lowered my expectations sufficiently, I'll just go and see it because I've got nothing better to do today. Don't. Yeah. It's, it's worse than you could possibly imagine. I've read some other reviews and other opinions about this film on the internet, and a lot of people were level at us. Uh, criticism about the fact that we're missing the satire in the film. Hmm. What do you say to them? Uh shut up <laughs> thing is right uh, Gamer could have been an amazing film if it was directed by Paul Verhoeven I say this about a lot of films actually because mm. uh, Paul Verhoeven has this ability to weave big Hollywood blockbuster crazy action with this undercurrent of satire yeah. um, and I think we touched on this in the District 9 review a little bit um, but uh, and his touch in Gamer could have actually turned it into something pretty special because yeah. you look at Robocop and you look at Starship Troopers and if they were made by somebody else for example, if they were made by uh, Ovaltine and Taylor, then it could have gone that same way and just been, you know, trash. Uh, but Verhoeven's got this, I don't know, clever way of analysing, like, Western civilization that you can somehow yeah. filter all this stuff through it uh, so that it actually works as an action movie, yeah. if that's all you want, and it works as a satire, and it blends yep. really nicely. Well, I say, well, I've got personally nothing against Neville Dean and Taylor, because, mm. um, you know, Crank's quite an enjoyable film. It's a film you can sit down and watch and just go along for the ride once again, have a bit of a laugh of it, and you don't come away thinking, what a waste of my 93 minutes mm. I've just spent on that. Yeah. Tell you what, if I didn't do a movie review podcast, I'd be pretty pissed off at having seen Gamer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Indeed. As it is, though, uh, brilliant, you know, to be able to do this review. Very, very grateful. So, summing up, Simon, what did you think of it? Uh, well, it was No, <laughs> no, it was terrible. Uh, and I want this podcast to be a warning to everyone else. Uh, we've seen this we've sacrificed ourselves so you so don't you, have to yes save yourselves go see anything else it doesn't matter what it is if it's like some kids cartoon that looks a bit silly go see that instead if it's a romantic comedy and you hate romantic comedies go see that because it will be better but it's not as bad as Highlander 2 but <laughs> yeah well bad nonetheless anyway um, that's it for Gamer I think you get the idea yeah. remember do not confuse it with Gamers which yeah. is an entirely different film yeah. and actually quite fun if you're still not clear what we thought about Gamer feel free to write <laughs> to us and we'll clarify it for you yeah and you can reach us on our email address uh, which is simonandwayne at spiffingreview.com 
And uh, we also have a website, uh, sometimes known as a blog, to uh, you young kids, which is spiffingreview.com. And also you can follow us on Twitter um, at the imaginatively titled Spiffing Review. Yes. So I hope to see you there. Uh, do let us know what you think. If you have any trailers or films you would like us to cover, just let us know. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope this rant wasn't too painful. Mm. But it will be less painful than seeing the film, trust me. Yep. And until next time, goodbye! Goodbye! Simon will be back next week. <laughs>